Shauna, thank you so much for uh, for opening up your doors and, and, and letting us visit the Chilliwack Museum today. Let's begin with yourself. Uh, how did you get involved with, with the Chilliwack Museum and Archives, and uh, and what was your, your path to museums? Sure. Um, I started at the Chilliwack Museum and Archives in January of 2019, so I'm fairly new to um, the city itself. I moved here from Alberta and um, the museum, so I'm still learning. Um, my history is all in museum work. Basically my entire professional career has been in the glam industry, so um, I did my Bachelor of Arts at the University of Alberta in History and Anthropology, and during that time I was a summer student in my hometown museum. Um, and then I, after I graduated with my undergraduate, I went back to that museum where I started working in collections um, and curatorial. And at that time I did my graduate in Heritage Resource Management and then transitioned into management and administration. Your interest in, in museums, was this something that started early on or how, how, did, you, how did you come to, to imagine that as, a, as your path? I think my interest is more in history and how history relates to our current um, lives. I'm very interested in you know, how the past affects our present. So my interest maybe wasn't originally in museums, but how, how could I be involved in that passion and so that led to working in museums and mm. you know bringing bringing in those those elements of past and present mm. the the Chilliwack Museum uh, walk us through the the history of the collection how did it how did it form who were some of the the figures that were involved in that formation um, what were its what were its early days so the museum itself started in 1958 it was opened in a small room in the local police station um, founded by um, Oliver Wells and Casey Wells who were the grandsons of AC Wells an early settler he settled in Sardis in 1865 um, and they considered themselves to be amateur historians and anthropologists so they um, themselves started to build a permanent collection which focused on settler history um, the early settlers but also focused on um, interviewing uh, Stalo elders at the time and other oral histories and they kind of amalgamated it all together into this this little museum that eventually uh, blossomed into the historical society um, and we eventually were placed in this building which is the old city hall so it's also a national historic site and it's pretty cool um, so the, the exhibits and our offices are out of this building and we also operate our collections and archives out of a separate building so there's kind of two spaces that we we have as we've grown we do have some space left to grow um, that was kind of built into the plan when we moved into evergreen but we will um, reach capacity yeah in the near future yeah you were mentioning uh, the, the kind of early settler focus uh, some oral histories which how were those recorded uh, I think they're mostly done they were pen and paper I think oh, okay. mostly yeah, yeah. Um, which we do have some in the archives lots of early photographs as well um, the Boo and collection shows some early really early photographs what's the nature of of, of those early collections uh, what were some of the strengths at that time um, and even now today everything is very settler focused um, which of course we are trying to move away from that purely settler history, but um, the Wells brothers, they didn't only focus on the settler history, so they also did, you know, um, have interactions with the local indigenous populations, they um, interacted with elders, took their history, etc. They collected from them as well, which now of course have um, um, the Stalo Resource and Research Management Center has gone through and kind of 
taken what they should have and told us how to store what we should have. So I think that's really interesting from the time period um, of when all this is happening. What are some unrepresented or underrepresented histories that you're actively seeking out material for for the collection? So we, we primarily do passive collecting where we wait for people to donate something. Um, but there are a couple um, you know topics of the last year, social topics that we are starting to reach out to. So the BIPOC initiative and uh, Black Lives Matter, we want to make sure that we're encompassing those histories, LBGT2. Uh, we obviously want to reach out to that demographic as well. We had a school group in here recently and their number one thing they wanted to learn and see about was the LGBT2 plus community. So um, obviously that's something the, the younger population wants to engage in. So we, we're focusing on building a plan to reach out for that. And then of course with the COVID-19 pandemic, we want to make sure that we are encompassing that in our, our collecting plan as well. So mm. there's been a few recent um, contemporary issues that we want to make sure we're collecting, but for the most part, we passively collect. Yeah. yeah. What are some materials, uh, items that have come in recently that you're really excited about? So I did actually ask Kate to answer this question oh, for okay. me. She's our curator. Yeah. <laughs> so she sees all the cool stuff as they're uh, coming in, and she had two items that she was she's looking forward to kind of either showing through a tour at the archives or putting on display. Uh, one of them is a pack saddle that belonged to um, a settler here and was used to deliver supplies to Red Mountain Mine mm. um, via the only access route at the time, which was through Chilliwack Lake Road. So she thinks that is a pretty cool. It was in operation from 1912 to 1940. Um, and we also had a World War I medal donated recently, which was found by um, Chilliwack Metal Detecting Hobbyists, the Dirt Hounds. Um, they originally uh, gave it to the original owner's niece, but then she ultimately decided to donate it to the museum. So, um, yeah, those are cool. I know that we also, in the archives, um, I'm a military historian where I studied, so we also just received recently a collections of letters from World War II from um, a soldier to his wife, which I think are really mm. cool. They haven't been processed yet, but mm. uh, I think they're interesting. What are, what are some uh, hopes that you have for displaying these materials for for opening up uh, the collection to to the uh, Chilliwack population? Yeah, so we actually, well, we, we haven't this year with the COVID pandemic, but normally we do an archives tour every Friday. So you can go to the archives and Tristan will um, give you a tour of the entire collection. You can go into our storage spaces and see all of the things we have, uh, which is pretty neat. Um, we are also right now um, developing a five-year exhibition plan, which is part of our new strategic plan. Um, and the space downstairs, there, as you notice, there's two spaces. Um, the, the one space we just renovated, so it, it was a standalone gallery. It had the same exhibit in it for 15 years. So we've dismantled it now and switched it to an education space and another gallery. So our plan is to rotate um, galleries you know, two to three times a year so that we can get more of the collection out. Um, so we're kind of moving away from this permanent collection idea to rotating exhibits that allow us to feature more and more of the collection mm. instead of just having six artifacts on display for 10 years. Yeah. So that's kind of our goal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have there been people making use of the, the archives and material in the collections for research projects? Yeah. Um, so we have, you know last year excluded on average about 400 researchers using the archives a year plus another 300 
research requests that are handled by our archivists. So the archives are uh, used quite quite often. Um, we have a number, you know, there's a number of universities in the area, so we have a lot of students, MA, PhD students. Right now there's a PhD student who is from UBC, she's using the archives to research Salish weaving. Um, the University of the Fraser Valley sends students um, through their History 440 class every year to just work in the archives and learn research skills and work on their final projects. Um, a number of authors have used it, um, Shelley O'Callaghan, who wrote How Deep is the Lake, a century of history of Chilliwack Lake, um, which we sell in our gift shop. So it is, the archives is used um, quite heavily, actually. How, how do you develop a, an outreach program? What are, what are some of your strategies there? That's something that we um, have targeted in our strategic plan to really work on because I, uh, we do feel that um, we need to target our local community a little more. So people might know they're here, but there's a large percentage of Chilliwack that doesn't. So um, it kind of we there's a number of things we're doing to address that. Uh, one of them is the constant rotating galleries. So you know a lot of people don't want to come back to a museum because they've seen the exhibit before. So if we're changing it, um, keeping it different, engaging, then people will want to come back. We're also moving um, to more engagement, community-focused exhibits and participatory exhibits. Mm -hmm. So last year um, in September, we did Creative in Quarantine, which was an art show. We put a call out to the community and they could bring their pieces in, which would then be on display. So we had over 50 people, over 100 pieces um, featured in the show for three months, which we're now gonna do yearly. So we'll have another art show with Culture Days in September. Um, and then we want to try some participatory exhibits as well. So the one that's on display downstairs right now is called I Remember, and it's um, focusing on Chilliwack's collective memory. So um, visitors can come in and we have, you know, a lot of supplies and a mason jar, and they can build their own exhibit of their memory of Chilliwack in the mason jar. And then it goes into the bigger exhibit. So um, they're engaged in... Um, helping to build the museum. And then our education department, she's, uh, Sarah is our education coordinator. She's developed um, a mobile museum, so it can go, you know, to the schools, to community events. It has, you know, um, education resources, artifacts, things like that. So we can also go out into the community. Wow, you, you're mentioning a sort of a strategic plan that you're, you're putting together. What are, what are some of the challenges that you see currently in, in, in developing the Chilliwack Museum into, into the future? What are, what are some immediate concerns that you have? Um, I think one of our, um, I think a, a challenge for all museums right now is the industry is changing and have, and we need to accept a lot of history that we might not want to accept so much so it, we have to kind of move into the future very quickly and change the way we're doing things so you know I came into a static museum and I said nope <laughs> we're changing it all and we're we're moving forward quickly um, so I think that's a, a challenge um, our facility itself this is we love this building we're in here um, the city of Chilliwack actually owns this building um, and they own Evergreen Hall as well so we're very grateful for that, but it would be so nice to have everything in one building. Um, so, you know, there's logistical challenges with the strategic plan. Um, mm. But the main, you know, the main goal is to, to make this building accessible and diverse and um, engaging. So those are kind of our, 
our motivating factors. Yeah. You're mentioning the letters that just came in recently. Uh, what, what's another item that, that, that you really like in the collection? We have a lot of artifacts from the Paramount Theater, mm. which is really cool. So, you know, like the pop machine and the popcorn machine, the cash register. The Paramount Theater was such a, uh, you know, a monument in Chilliwack. So it's really cool to have those. We have the sign. Um, we have a lot of, again, medals from the First and Second World War, which I think are really cool. Um, we have basically all the Chilliwack progress up to, I think, the 80s, which is really cool. Yeah, I think we have actually a quite quite diverse collection from a historical perspective but we there's contemporary things that we I think need to focus on I'm very much a supporter of contemporary collecting which is not always something that museums are keen on doing um, and I think we should be collecting as things happen um, so so I think we're kind of missing now more mm. than more than the past and that that's that comes in the form of JPEGs and things is it is that more of more digital born digital material? Yeah, we did we did get a photography collection on COVID last year actually. It's a really cool collection. He took photos of everything that was closed essentially, so mm -hmm. really eerie. The playgrounds all crossed off with caution tape, things like that, um, and that was donated digitally. So um, the challenge there is of course finding a way to store them that's going to be effective. 50 years from now because as we know technology changes so quickly so yeah. we can accept them and hope but we don't really know how long a USB is going to be a valid form of saving things. Yeah. Well that's, re that's really great. Thank you Shauna. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down and speak about the museum. Yeah no problem. Thanks for coming. Right.